the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Yesterday was one of those reverse days, dead cat bounces. We're not supposed to say it politically incorrect, but I'm going to say it. Let the cats write letters into management. I'm fine with that. Or is it a bear market bounce, bear market rally? And now it's time for a little bit more payback. NASDAQ was down 2.55%. S&P 500 down 2.1%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1.9%. I am not that surprised that we didn't go to 200-day moving averages. Rarely is a recovery straight. Rarely is recovery this quick. Rarely is a recovery without pullbacks. Is it a recovery? We don't know yet. We're still waiting for proof, and that's the unfortunate part about it. Sometimes you got to get in an early and have a feel for it. Netflix was a big loser yesterday. So the guys who bounced the most pulled back the most. Netflix down 6%. It was the worst day in more than two months as the summer rally kind of gave us a little bit of a throbbing hangover. AMC's new preferred share class started trading yesterday on the NYSE, and it is a wacky scheme. I want nothing to do with it. It's a rabid fan base of individual traders known as apes, as they call themselves, and the new ticker symbol on the company is APE. I, I think the theater world is troubled. It's no matter what, I just don't think it's investable. Let's think you could see a rebound. Oh, COVID shut everything down. And now that we've got 10 blockbuster Disney movies coming out in 2023. That's fine. If you want to try to do a trade, but not me. It's just, okay. My mama once said, never, ever have premarital sex with a woman that you wouldn't want to marry. And I don't think that she was totally wrong on that thought. Number one, it limits your partners. Number two, it really makes you think about what you're doing to another human being or with another human being. It could create a human being. I I take that approach with investing. Cineworld, the British owner of Regal Cinemas, is considered filing for bankruptcy. AMC's debt pile is $5.4 billion. Cineworld is $5 billion. Too much debt, I have no interest. Potentially stinks a little bit too much, in my opinion. Let's talk about today, because that was yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average declined 1.9% yesterday. It was a pretty big drop for an industry, uh, for an index that doesn't drop that much. The NASDAQ does, because the NASDAQ's growthy. Ostensibly, what we're waiting for now is not Godot, but we're waiting for the Fed Chairman Powell to speak on Friday. And a quick look at the calendar says it's Tuesday. If the Fed raises another 150 basis points, the pain is not over on Wall Street. If the Fed stops raising after 50 more basis points, probably going to see a big rally. There's a little bit of nervousness about which which side it's going to go. Nervous about the Fed chairman. 
will he sound too hawkish? He should be fairly humiliated by last year calling at this time inflation transitory. And then six months later, we are behind the curve. This is not transitory. We need to aggressively hike. And that's bringing up questions of, will we will the end of low inflation and low interest rates give shift to a paradigm shift? And I think it does. I, I think we're in at least a five-year period. That's what I'm counting on and anything less, I'm going to be stoked. Worst case scenario, I'm going to say 15 years because we just went through a 15-year period of lower interest rates. I can make a case to say that maybe it's just another era, another epic, another time. 10-year treasury rose above 3%. The euro got beat up when natural gas rose 19% in a day. We've never had a natural gas shortage of this like in any way, shape, or form. And what's going on in Russia and Ukraine really mucks up the gas situation, the natural gas. Natural gas, not gasoline, natural gas. We don't know if natural gas is going to go to 100. We don't know. We don't know what sort of spike it can have. I heard some analysts yesterday say, I'm positioning myself in natural gas stocks because we don't know what the upside is on the cost. Therefore, what the upside would be on the people who grab it and sell it. Market participants today are going to be different than yesterday. Yesterday was enough of a down day that it made us stop and go, huh, that was a pretty big down whoosh. It was not capitulation. It wasn't that kind. But nothing is that were as straight up as you want it to be. And nothing is ever as straight down as you think it could be. Today, we have markets that are, for lack of a, a, a worse 1970s song, fighting their way back. Fight your way back. NASDAQ's up seven-tenths of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up one-fifth of a percent. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average up one-half of a percent. I don't want to say, ooh, glad that's over. Safe to go back out of the waters. It could be a bear trap retreat after a big summer rally. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised because we still don't have that. We don't have the inflation number dropping for two months in a row or for six months in a row. There's no trend. So if you're fearful, today's one of those days where maybe you can get out of the escape room early. Maybe the haunted house, they just open the back door for you. Palo Alto Networks and Dick Sporting Goods beat earnings expectations, raised their full year guidance. Palo Alto Networks is a company that I admire, and it's a company that I would want to own, but I've never owned it. They make high end enterprise um, cybersecurity. Dick Sporting Goods to me is a play on let's go hunting. Let's get outside and, and fire up the motorboat, which isn't bad because when you think about it, how many of those type of stores are there out there? But then again, is it too much real estate inside the store? It's not something that Amazon could really sell terribly well. That's what, but again, I don't own it. Now, on the other hand, those guys were winners, Dick Sporting Goods and Palo Alto Networks. Zoom Video and Macy's um, beat earnings expectations, but issued disappointing full-year guidance going forward. 
And those stocks are not as attractive today as they were yesterday. They're pulling back. Stock market participants are essentially waiting to see what will come to pass from a participatory role in today's session and waiting for Friday. Are we buying the dip from yesterday or is it that bear market trap? Um, out of the gate, it looks okay. I'm not all that excited. But again, I just haven't heard that inflation, I, the numbers just aren't there yet. And if the Fed is more like going to raise another 150 basis points, the odds of recession go higher. If the Fed's done after another 50 basis points, the odds of recession, not so much. We need more job layoffs. The labor market's too hot, so it should keep pressure on inflation moving higher. That's the quick 10-minute summary, and it takes a lot more than 10 minutes to explain what's going on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Find me at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Zillow, you know, Zillow, right? They're the company, they're a real estate online company. They bought a lot of houses thinking houses prices were going to keep going up. They want to do flips. They kind of got caught in that one, but they have a lot of research and a lot of data on homes. You can go to Zillow.com and punch in your home address and find out how much the home you own is worth It's or kind of worth. It's an algorithm that's looking at how much your neighbor sold their square footage home for and taking that square footage rate and applying it to yours, mostly. But home prices are expected to fall in a lot of markets, according to Zillow. The housing market entered into a sharp slowdown, 123 housing markets. Well, they think 780 markets will go higher in 2023. 123 down, 780 up. Huh. Sounds like pretty good odds, does it not? And yet the National Association of Home Builders are calling for a housing recession. Conflicting, is it not? Zillow now predicts the housing prices will climb just 2.4% in the next 12 months. That's down from 7.8% last month at this time. So they're coming down quickly. Now, it is a big report that I could not get through. They expect home prices to get fall 4.6% in Fairbanks. And I'm like, you mean Alaska? Charleston, West Virginia down 4%. Lake Charles, Louisiana down 3.8%. San Jose, California down 3.6%. Okay, now there's a relatable because I'm in the Bay Area of California. And we kind of have three big cities and San Jose is one of them. Um, Zillow was kind of the last bull standing out of all the CoreLogic, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac's, National Association of Housing Builders. Um, frothy markets like Boise and Phoenix have already seen inventory levels soar above pre-pandemic levels. If inventories continue to soar, these markets could become the first post-year-over-year decline in home prices. I throw that down not for panic. That's not the goal. Just talking about that's something that the Fed would like to see. Home values come down. 
the ability for lower income and middle income to get into a home. Home affordability is important for all Americans. I know you're saying, don't say it, don't say it. I know you're thinking about home affordability matters, ham. We can all dress as pigs and march on Washington. Not so much. But more on Zillow, the housing, the home value index dropped in July for the first time since 2012. The index fell one-tenth of a percent on a monthly basis. That represents a $366 decline and brings the typical home value in the United States to $357,107. Again, kind of interesting that we're talking about one-tenth of a percent on a month-to-month is good news. But again, the Boise's seeing price drops is a big story. The Boise's Idaho is where a friend of mine, him and his family want to move to Boise, Idaho because their grandparents, uh, not their grandparents, their parents retired there. The parents want them to move there and make babies so they can be grandparents. They've been waiting for a break. And I'm like, one-tenth of one percent is not important. But building inventory is. Inventories at 2019 levels is. So that's good news for him, in my opinion. Not necessarily good news for you. Other things to talk about today. I talked about how the first 15, last 15 years had incredibly low interest rates and cheap corporate debt. The transition now to higher interest rates will mean higher rated, not rated, higher priced debt, higher cost of debt for all corporations and individuals. You may have heard that Apple recently is in the process of issuing bonds because they're one of the most attractive companies in the world with their ability to pay it back. And you're like, well, they don't have, they don't really need debt, do they? They don't. But when money is cheap, they grab it so that when they can buy back shares, they can increase their dividend, uh, they can get through rough periods of, of economic malaise. Kind of like that. Speaking of real estate, um, I own a second home in Tahoe. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to say that. One of the things that I hate about it is I wanted to kind of Airbnb it, and then I didn't. After I had purchased it, I talked to Airbnb, and I talked to VRBO, the Casa and others, and just the idea of like it being a party house once, just it turned me off. Or people having making whoopee on my bed. I'm like, no, if I want it to be a rental, I'll make it a rental. If I want it to be something I visit, I want that. But the problem here is, is there's not a lot of homes there. So what Tahoe is doing is paying people $24,000 to rent to locals because locals don't have a lot of options. It's a new pilot program, which for the record, Sedona, Arizona is doing the same exact thing. Stop doing short-term rentals. Rent to locals for the long term, and they'll give them $10,000. And you can charge rent. It's it's a renter's incentivization plan where you go, I never would have thought of that. But the workforce in Tahoe, where if you want to go and enjoy, you need workers. And they have to live 35, 40 miles away or live in one-bedroom apartments. And it's just not as pleasant of a place to live and work. 
local Tahoe region hasn't built enough home for local workers and local wages haven't kept up with aggressive increases in housing prices. There's things like prosperity indexes, which you don't really need to know about, but they're dropping. In North Lake Tahoe, Placer County will pay up to $24,000 to homeowners. The grants are based on the number of locally employed tenants and the length of the lease. Homeowners earn $2,500 per tenant for a lease that's at least five months long, $6,000 per tenant for a lease that's 12 months or longer, $24,000 if you house four employees with a 12-month lease. That's how messed up our housing situation is in America. Home affordability matters. Ham. Let's march on Washington. Now I'm starting to get behind this movement. Still no. Still no. But I tried. Um, A couple other things that I, I saw recently that I want to share with you. Alphabet is moving into streaming. Alphabet being Google. The, the company formerly known as Google. YouTube reportedly plans to launch a channel store for video streaming services and is talking with entertainment companies about participating in the platform. The streaming marketplace would allow consumers to subscribe to various services like HBO directly through the YouTube app, similar to hubs that Amazon, Apple, and Roku have. It's been in development for a long period of time, 18 months now, and YouTube's argument is not baseless. They've got an attractive number of 2.6 billion users who use YouTube. That's a really neat small dive into the smart things that Alphabet and Google are doing. Should this worry Netflix and Disney? No. They should play along with it and jump into a YouTube service. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Okay, okay, let's get going. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys are worth $8 billion. The San Francisco 49ers are worth $5.2 billion. And the Las Vegas Raiders are worth $5.1 billion. Um, but the Raiders had a big whopping jump of 49% year over year. It's interesting. They don't make a lot of money on the balance sheet. Only $116 million on $5.1 billion in valuation. Um, think you can't afford a home? How about a football team? Prices are jacking up fast there. No. Other headlines today to talk about. Zoom is paring back its annual forecast as revenue growth slows to single digits. The stock is down 12%. I have a question for you. I never bought Zoom. It was a pandemic stock. I love Zoom. I'm using it right now. Broadcast radio quality. Better than anything else out there other than a barracks box or being live in studio. So Zoom pairs back its annual forecast. What are they going to do for an encore? They're doing okay on the enterprise level, but they're having problems figuring out how to raise sales. That's why I'm just not that interested. Are you doing fewer Zoom calls to friends? Probably. You're just going to see them. Management lowered its projections for the full year, calling for uh, earnings... It's not important to say $3.66 a share. Uh, that's $4.3 billion in revenue, 7% growth. So the pandemic had speedy growth, and we, I'm not, 
Wall Street loves speedy growth. Wall Street will buy companies because they have strong earnings. Wall Street will buy companies because they have consistent earnings. Wall Street will buy companies because they have dividends that are consistent and slowly rise over time. Wall Street will also buy the revenue story, but the revenue story has to eventually become an earning story uh, because the revenue started to slow there. So Zoom in the news today for all the wrong reasons. I don't own any Zoom. I would see that more as a trading stock than an investable stock. It's almost like being 20 years old and going on a date with someone you know you're not going to marry. Just have a good time and go see the city versus going on a date where you're totally in love and you can see this person being your, your mate for the rest of your life. It's a waiting game now with Fed Chairman Powell's speech at Jackson Hole Economic Policy Symposium on Friday. 10-year treasury is above 3% in euro, and the euro is weaker to the dollar again. And we got relatively weakness today, relative weakness today in mega cap stocks. Got an email about, I, I get a lot of these and it, it frustrates me because it's asking at the wrong time. It's from Quentin. And it was a family of six and a mother who lived a long time. Dad died a long time ago. And when the dad died, three other kids kind of forgot about mom. And he and his wife took care of the mom. The mom only left him money. And his siblings want part of it. It's not how it works. And it's a little after the fact. I've heard this story at least three or four times in the last two weeks. So some of the headlines out there is that America's entered a housing recession. How does that make you feel? As a guy who bought a home a year ago, I'm okay with it because I own a home. Sales of existing homes were down last month by 20% to $4.8 million from $6 million a year earlier. The median price was up 10.8%. So it's different if you're a buyer or if you're a seller or if you're a homeowner. It's not a recession in home prices. Inventory remains tight and prices continue to rise nationally with nearly 40% of homes still commanding the full list price. If you're in, like I said earlier, Boise, home prices are going to drop. And they're going to drop a lot if inventory keeps building. And if I owned a rental property there, I would go, huh, what should I do? Let me give you a quick example. I used to live in a home in San Carlos that I bought in 2008. And from 2006 to 2008, no, no, I bought it in probably 2007. And prices went down in 2006, went down in 2007, went down in 2008. Three years from its 2005 high, it took about seven or eight years for it to get back to. But they got back to it with a fury. Homeowners are in a very comfortable position financially, especially if you've got a great mortgage rate. Home buyers, they're going to play this, this game right now of how low can it go? Limbo low. Will it be one month, six months, one year, three years? It too shall fall and pass, but a lot of people try to game the system. Typically, as my mama said, um, 
never have premarital sex with someone you may not want to marry. I'd say the same thing. Never buy a home unless you want to be in it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. If you're buying for a flip, good luck. Not my game. You need another show. Buyers should expect a little bit better negotiations. I bought this home a year ago that I'm living in now in Marin County. And there was no negotiation. It was a cash deal, as is. And I didn't know if I was buying mildew. I didn't know if I was buying radiation. I didn't know if I was buying, like, there's dead people in the basement. Don't know. I don't have a basement, so there's a pretty good chance. Maybe in the crawl space is a great way of saying it. So things are changing a little bit here and there, right? And again, it's different if you're a home buyer, a home seller. If you're in a market that has really tight inventory, you're okay as a seller. If you're in a market like Boise that has booming inventory, you may want to cut prices now and move that product. I did a, I saw a report on financing a new car. And the average price of a new vehicle is $45,869. Unless you're paying cash for a car, you should consider what interest rate now is involved based on your credit score. I've generally had excellent credit for most of my adult life. Coming out of college, not so much. But your monthly payment on the average car, if you get a 4.7% rate because you have a low credit score right now, 720 to eight, no, 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 no. How do I say this? That's a high credit score. Um, let's start with the really bad credit scores, like 550. And you're trying to buy a $45,000 vehicle for 60 months. It would be about $1,100 or $21,000 over that five-year period. You'd pay $21,000 in interest. And if you have an excellent credit score, you're going to get a 4.7% rate versus a 16.9% uh, rate. And your monthly payments could be $844 versus $1,100. And your total interest rate paid over that time would be $5,600 versus poor credit at $21,900. So that's $15,000 more you pay in interest for having bad credit. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Parents do not let your kids mess up their credit when they're in high school and college. It's the one of the worst things you could do for them. They come out of college, they look at their friends, they go, oh, we got a new car, I'm going to get a new car. Then they fall in love and they say, I do, and they get married and they put that whole marriage on a credit card and then they make a baby. And they buy a house because they can no longer be in an apartment. My baby can't live in a dresser drawer. You see where this goes, right? Coming out of college, a good credit score is really, really important. I'm not saying you have to help them with an excellent credit uh, score. But for my kids, when they turn 16, I'm getting them a secured credit card. And you can go to credit cards, uh, not creditcards.com. You can go to bankrate.com and shop around for credit cards that are secure credit cards. And daddy's going to put $500 into the credit card bank. And if my kids are ever overdrawn, that money will come from me instead of them. If they ever miss a payment, it'll come from me instead of them. And their credit score won't get wackadoodle. It is a credit card on training wheels. I think it is a parental right to my children not to trust that they won't mess it up because I messed it up. And it did hamper me a little bit. My first home that I bought, I had a 12% mortgage on the second and a, like a 9% mortgage on the first. And you look at rates day and you're like five and a half percent. You're like, sweet. 
I would have loved this time, but I'd have to go back 25 years and I don't have a time machine. And if I did, I think I'd probably like bet on games and change the world. And if I changed the world, I'd change myself. I'd wipe myself out of the world. So please, parents, don't let your kids mess up their credit score. It's going to put them behind their friends. It's going to cause, it's, it's going to be a weight while they're trying to swim away from you. It's not going to let them win. It's going to hurt them. Oh, I, they need to learn the lesson I had. I disagree with that. You shouldn't have had children. You're a bad person. I know. Did you say, just say that? Um, I did just say that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. You know, I talked about how the Dallas Cowboys have the best. Is that the right way of saying this? The highest valuation? Wouldn't want to be the team like the Cleveland who's near the bottom. That kind of is a reality, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. We got a waiting game this week ahead of the Fed. I don't think anything matters today or tomorrow. I think the Fed's going to set a tone on inflation. And then next week, we're going to uh, get employment report on Friday. Those are the two that I'm looking at right now. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Probably the most discouraging headline I could throw out at you today. A dog in France. Ooh la la. Got monkeypox. And it's worrying scientists that we won't be able to eradicate the virus. We talked about how this isn't COVID. It's not highly transmissible in crowds um, again it makes everyone cringe on highly transmissible do we wear masks do we not wear masks in crowds not in a mask like it's i know that i just that's a headline that it makes me cringe so it has to make you cringe yesterday dr fauci announced that he's announcing his retirement after 50 years serving the united states as a advisor on infectious diseases he's going to work through the year i think into the fall at least um I throw that out there for you. Just as like monkeypox and a dog in France. Ooh la la. Uh-huh. Um, that's a discouraging headline. Have you seen some of the cities that are now cropping up because the world's in drought and rivers are drying up? It is crazy. They found like 27 Nazi ships that were sank in the Rhine. And I'm like, that's got to be a treasure hunter's dream. There has to be some movies made out of like cities that are being found, dead bodies that are being found. Um, that's just fun for me. Hey, if you're Elon Musk, you like this new guy. The Twitter whistleblower is alleging executives misled the board and the public on spam and security. That's going to start up next month, it looks like. And it's going to be a fast trial that lasts about a week. Does Elon Musk get out of it or does he get stuck buying Twitter? Because he said, I'll buy it as is. All I'll tell you is I'm really, really glad I don't work at Twitter. You know, I once wanted to start a company that you can take your phone into the bathroom, sit on the toilet, and text your friends. And I was going to name it. It rhymes with Twitter, but I can't say it on air. I think you could figure it out. Because it always disgusts me when people are like, bring their phones into bathrooms. It always does. And that's, I would know, don't get an account with, we can call it pooper. Um, 
you see where I'm going. I'll drop that one right there. Names of companies are important. Do you remember when you first heard about Twitter or you first heard Google? You're like, what's that mean? I don't even know what that means. 9.9 million Americans went on vacation last night. Not last night, Sunday night. The first episode of House of Dragon was seen by 9.9 million viewers. It's the largest audience of any new original series in the history of HBO. The stakes are high because George R. 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 Martin kind of wants to build us a MCU, a Marvel is a character universe. Ah, just think Spider-Man, Superman hanging out, and the Hulk. And they'll have the same idea. It's a prequel that's 200 years before Game of Thrones. We all loved Game of Thrones. The, the geeky nerds who watched the first season, it was slow. It was, it was well-paced. The last episode of the first season shocked everyone who hadn't read the books. Most Americans hadn't seen uh, read Game of Thrones because the books are big. And most Americans don't read. Well, they read. They just don't read for fun. The series features dragons, civil war, death, blood, sex. And did I mention dragons? And unlike Game of Thrones, you didn't have to wait four seasons to see a dragon. You saw 10 of them. And for a, a fiery sci-fi fantasy kid, it was pretty cool to see. First episode, I kind of liked. Yeah, it did have women getting bad things done to them. But they... They chose to show a lot of the violence against women off camera. So instead of seeing it, they told you about it or they showed it to you. And that's a very valuable, valuable lesson in storytelling. And I, I don't want to say anything else. I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to be a spoiler. Typically on the Sunday night viewing, that only represents 20 to 40% of the audience. So in theory, there could be 25 million Americans who watched. And that would blow away any number in television almost ever. Really? Now, we'll see what it comes down after like the next two or three days. Because I didn't watch it the first night. I watched it the second night. Um, this is big. This is a really huge. And what's interesting about it is HBO is a publicly traded company now. And some people really like their stock. I haven't really looked at their stock yet. Because to me, you can only own so many streamers. And there's too many of them. I think personally, I think HBO Max Discovery is the, the most premium of them because the series are so fantastic. Um, I would like to see like them acquire some of the other uh, media companies, you know, like an AMC who's got Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul that some people will want to revisit. I recently revisited um, Breaking Bad and I was shocked. I loved the show 12 years ago when it first came out. Um, I had a kid and I'd watch the shows in the middle of the night while my wife was sleeping and I'd put my kid right next to me and I'd watch and I was like, wow, check that out. And I had, it was an antihero, but now 12 years later, I'm like, he's just a jerk. You felt compassion for him the first season, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to run that. Here's what's interesting about HBO. The series is costing a lot of money. We're talking about a hundred million dollars. Each episode is going to be 15 to 20 million. There's going to be 10 episodes. You can see that as $200 million, right? But the marketing campaign was $100 million. And what they did was they went to the super fans of Game of Thrones and said, you're going to be our ambassadors and you're going to build organic excitement. And I think it kind of worked. Because originally the Reuters of the world were like, oh, it's, it's a show that's really mean to women. And George R. R. Martin would get out there and go, you know what? 
history has been mean to women. We live in a patriarchal society and it's fantasy. <laughs> it's like, it's not real. Um, but it does bring up the question on how do we depict women in violence on television or is it television because you have to pay for it? Like there's a lot going on in that, that little batch right there. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The markets have since turned slightly negative. Nothing too shocking, nothing too upsetting, but we opened with a rebound from yesterday. Now the Dow is down one third of a percent. The SP 500 is down just fractions, and the NASDAQ is up just fractions. We're waiting for Friday and the Federal Reserve talking in Jackson Hole, Wyoming at a big economic symposium. I want to make it, I'm not going to make any big bets right now. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.